0: Entrepreneur on Fire 955. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to Entrepreneur on Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. The Fire Nation newsletter is the bomb, and to get on it, all you need to do is text EOFIRE to 33444, get inside my head weekly, and ignite This episode is sponsored by GoToWebinar from Citrix. With GoToWebinar, you can create interactive online events to engage and capture your audience's attention. Find out more at GoToWebinar.com. Are you hiring but not sure where to find the best candidates? Today, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Again, ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Light that sparkfire nation, Jolly Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, David Nihil. David, are you prepared to ignite?
1: John, I'm practically burning up over here. I'm ready to roll.
0: (laughs) David is the founder of Funny Biz, a community and conference series where business meets humor to abolish boring content. He's also the author of the best-selling book, Do You Talk Funny? It has been featured in Inc. Lifehacker, Huffington Post, Fast Company, and Forbes. David, take a minute, fill in any blanks in the intro, and give us a glimpse into your personal life.
1: Yeah, thanks. Does... There's probably a couple of gaps in there, Seeing, I think I've, I've lived in about 12 different countries over the last 10 years, and I don't know how many jobs I got carried away with before I found my way to Funny <laughs> Biz, but yeah, it's been a bit of a long journey. But essentially, we found our way to helping businesses create more engaging content, because we finally figured, There's just too much boring stuff out there, and there was too many people really struggling to produce content. They'd kind of strayed away from the core principles we liked of storytelling and improv and comedy. Um, So, yeah, it's been a bit of a wacky journey finding our way to that one. There are plenty of holes in there, so I'm happy to (laughs) fill fill in any of them we're missing.
0: Oh, we'll be doing that for sure. And Fire Nation is well aware that I'm all about the story. So I'm looking forward to a couple stories with you specifically, David, in your journey and really getting specific with those. Um, But first, I kind of want to have you picture yourself at a networking party. And someone comes up to you and says, hey, David, what do you do? What's your 10 second answer?
1: I help businesses create more engaging content, uh, using techniques from the world of stand-up comedy, storytelling, and improv. So we're on a a mission to abolish boring content. Then I'm going to be explaining my accent, which is going to confuse the life out of me, and probably something we should do in case anyone needs a translator here. You're now in charge, but I am from Ireland. And that tends to dominate a bit as well.
0: Oh, for sure. So, David, I want to start with your entrepreneurial origin story of how you came to do what you're currently doing right now. So don't go way back into the history books, just to whatever point you started doing what you're currently doing. How did that happen?
1: Yeah, it was slightly random. I'd left my corporate job and I was looking at new startup ventures and a friend of mine, Arash, tragically suffered a spinal cord injury. Um, fell from a balcony and mm. the insurance provider he had, had had cut off his coverage and we were looking for ways to do fundraisers and um, to raise some money for him. And I, I thought a comedy show would be a good idea. I, as luck would have it, knew a guy who'd made it fairly big in comedy. That was my next door neighbor many years ago and he agreed to do it. So all of a sudden I was nominated to host this event uh, and one thing my American friends didn't know, which my Irish friends knew extremely well, that I turned into just a wobbling, sweaty mess of jelly when it came to public speaking. <laughs> it was massively my biggest fear. Like, absolutely hate it. But compared to the recovery process someone with a spinal cord injury is going to go through or the challenges they're facing, all of a sudden something that was like massive trail my whole life and hugely scary was put a bit more into perspective. And I was like, right. I got to get over this. So I was inspired by a, a couple of guys I've heard online a lot and a couple of guys' books I've read, like A.J. Jacobs and Tim Ferriss. The idea of going deep into a topic for a year and trying to break it down and, and take core principles out of that and apply the 80-20 principle and just really break it down to its finer points. So I, I got carried away and did that with stand-up comedy initially just so I wouldn't look like an idiot hosting this charity show. Um, And it it went pretty well. And I was like, surprisingly well. And I wasn't the mess I normally was. So I decided to break down the principles I would learned along the way and and try and share them with some people and see if I could help anybody else solve a similar Mm -hmm. problem. So the idea wasn't to commercialize it originally, but along the way and all the people I met and all the people I got speaking to, we realized that. Business had a lot of the same problems of really breaking down core messages like anyone who public speaks does or anyone who produces content does and get it down to its realer, finer, more impactful, and hopefully more entertaining points. So that led us to Funny Biz, putting on a series of contents and creating a writer portal where we actually have comedians and comedic copywriters take content and and try and make it more funny and engaging and, and essentially punch it up. So, yeah, it all can be traced back to my friend's spinal cord injury and a moment where I really didn't have a choice, I felt. I was like, I just have to deal with this.
0: Well, that is a fascinating origin story, and it's so true that public speaking is the number one phobia for a vast majority of human beings. I mean, getting up in front of people and the bright lights and and talking, I mean, that's incredibly nerve-wracking. But I do like to say this, Fire Nation, is that, you know, we all know our comfort zones and we all love our comfort zones for the very reason they're comfortable, but all the magic happens outside of your comfort zone. So remember that whenever you feel yourself pushing against that comfort zone, that's a good thing as an entrepreneur. And David, how are you currently today generating revenue?
1: Well, we've been running a a series of workshops for both um, private individuals and companies that helps them to take public speaking, which is normally something that nobody ever wants to sign up to. You're like, public (laughs) speaking training, great, I'm out of the building (laughs) right now, or at least that was me. So we're like, it's a lot more fun if we take it for principles from the world of stamina of comedy and we teach them to have fun. and And our core argument was that modern day business speakers are essentially expected to be entertainers and a lot of them really don't know how. So we've been running workshops doing that. We set up a platform where companies and individuals themselves can send us any form of written content, and we use comedians to punch that up and make it funnier. So we have some really great guys who write for top shows like Saturday Night Live all the way through. Uh, And we've also been working with a number of high-profile CEOs on their individual public speaking just to help them kind of find their story and and make it a bit more interesting and engaging and ultimately funnier.
0: All right, David, it's time. We are going to go where a lot of the guests happily go, but at the same time, they're happy because it's in the past, it's in history, it's in hindsight, and that is your worst entrepreneurial moment. So take us to that moment in time, and you know the power of story, so tell us that story like we were there first person. I want to be there, I want to smell the roses or lack thereof, and I really want to hear it in depth.
1: Yeah, I was I was sitting in a friend of mine's kitchen in Manchester with him and his wife and I just decided I was going to leave my, my pretty fun on the face of it sounding corporate job. As corporate jobs go, this one was a bit more interesting. Um, it involved being a troubleshooter for the world's largest private education company and I, I worked across many different companies and many different businesses and they kind of made fun of it for being the James Bond role. Nobody knew where I was and <laughs> nobody what I was up to. The highlight for me at one stage, an email went around the company with about 17 people copied on it at very high levels. And the title was David Nihil's October Salary. Uh, and they were trying to figure out where it was. And I was in Bolivia at the time, actually. So, it, I mean, as corporate jobs go, it was pretty nice and it, and it was well paid. And I just decided to quit it to pursue an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial venture that I really believed in, uh, which was going to be called Career Republic. It was going to be a website that gave people access to people that earn six-figure salaries but were not famous in any way. And we just wanted to get that video content out there and introduce people. And this is going back a couple of years. And I was still hugely afraid of public speaking. And so the business partners I had on this venture with, who were experienced entrepreneurs and I wasn't as much had decided to partner with, just found out that the lady was pregnant and she was married to my friend, so they were a couple, Um, and she was allergic to being pregnant. and So it meant she was going to be bedridden for about the next eight or nine months and very under the weather, and it was their second child, so it meant there was no way they were going to be able to commit to this project anymore. And I felt hugely passionate about it, and the missing hole, the bit of work we hadn't done would have been creating the video content and interviewing all these people, and that was what my friend's wife was going to be doing. She was had a background in, in media and she had a background as a radio presenter and host. And of course, I am massively scared of public speaking. So rather than, than suck it up and get on with it and get over the fear is what I've done, I, I let it go. And it was an idea I was really, really passionate about. And all of a sudden I had no job, uh, no income, no definite plan, something I passionately wanted to do. But I just couldn't get over the fear of actually getting out, jumping in, and doing it. And the, the public speaking part now was the whole. We had to interview these guys and create and put out content. And to execute it, I would have had to do that. And it, it, it was bad. I was like, all of a sudden, oh, what am I thinking? I'm mean, in England. I wasn't planning on being living in England. All of a sudden, roles had changed. Job had changed. And all of a sudden, the, the entrepreneurial plan, I thought that was pretty straightforward, uh, was gone out the window.
0: So you had this pretty solid corporate job where you had some flexibility, you weren't having to go into an office every day. In fact, you were in Bolivia at one point, hanging out, rocking around, and you decided to give it all up and you decided to get into a career path, a journey that was actually going to have you focusing on doing something that you were terrified about and you realize what is going on here, like what have I got myself into, but at that point it was too late. And I'll tell you, a lot of us entrepreneurs, we find that we've kind of gone down that path and there's no real good way to turn around and retrace our steps, which is good because we don't want to retreat before the time really requires it. But how did you, David, looking back on that now, what's your biggest takeaway? What's the insight that you want to make sure that Fire Nation, our listeners, get from that journey, from that tough period, the worst moment that you've experienced thus far in your entrepreneurial journey?
1: Yeah, the biggest takeaway for me is exactly as you said earlier. It's when you're out of your comfort zone, that's what you're meant to feel. That's what you're meant to be. You're meant to be scared of the thing uh, that you're (laughs) passionate about and executing. And if you don't feel that, you should be worried in the first place. So my biggest takeaway from that was just you know face that fear head on and and get over it and get on with it and, and go ahead and follow your passion.
0: So, David, we're going to stay with the story theme as we move forward here, for sure. But this one's going to be of a different ilk. It's going to be your aha moment, your light bulb that went on at some point in your journey, an epiphany that you've had. And of course, you've had a ton, my friend. But which one makes a great story? Which one are you going to take us to right now and share with us that light bulb that went off and then specifically go go through the steps that you took to turn that idea into success?
1: Yeah, so I gathered all everything I went through on public speaking. I figured that if I could solve the problem for myself, I could probably solve it to some other people along the way. So I gathered up all those thoughts, and I recorded me speaking Trudom as a presentation, and I posted that online as an online course that people could get paid access to. And my thought was, if other people found it interesting, then I'd pursue the project and try and turn that course into a book. And I never you never know when you put your thoughts out there, your opinions out there, if anyone else is going to agree with you. You know, you're always opening yourself up to that negative feedback. And I was pretty worried about doing it. I didn't tell any of my friends I was doing it whatsoever. All the years experiments I did. I did it under a stage name in the world of stand up comedy. I really didn't want anybody to know. And I used Udemy specifically as an online platform because they would do the marketing on my half. So a big thing that I didn't want to face was shouting to everybody, hey, I have this product. I left my cool job to do something that looks, well, kind of wacky, uh, to say the least, and put it out there. So the aha moment came when I put that course out there. And the very first email inquiry I got came from a pretty wacky like AOL account, like 1960-something at AOL.com. And I thought it was my friends making fun of me. And the email said, do you take private clients? I would be very interested in working with you. And because I thought it was my friends joking with me, I just write back, oh, yes, of course, but on a very exclusive basis and very seldomly. And it's very expensive stuff. And he wrote back listing his achievements, which included a net worth of approximately 400 million, which he'd amassed and being a shark on Shark Tank. Uh, and I thought, oh man. <laughs> this <laughs> this email this guy's genuine. I looked him up and I thought to myself, you know what, if a guy operating at this high a level, who has this high a, a level of exposure to public speaking has help with needs help with this problem, well then there's probably a, a lot of more ordinary people who haven't really got to that level of success. Your average person must need with a help too must need help with it too. So it's not just me. So that was the real aha moment, like, okay, pe- people need this information. And I'm kind of obligated to get it out there.
0: With all of this stuff, David, like what specifically, like what was that one action you took that really made you feel like you turned the corner and really started accumulating success after success with this idea?
1: It was definitely putting it out there. So up to that point where I published it as a course and open information online in any format, it was just information in my head. And if the information's just in your head, there's there's no way of commercializing it. There's no way of getting feedback on it. So it was just putting it out there to open it up to the public to see, all right, was I crazy? or was there some merit in in the stuff and the content I was putting together that I really believed in, but I just hadn't really put it out there for anyone else to, to risk being critical upon. So it was definitely taking that risk, putting it out there, and and seeing and acting on the feedback that came back in and, and really taking that chance to see if anybody else else was interested or not. So I would say just publish it. Just get it out there. If you have content in your head, you have ideas in your head, just try and action them and try and share them with people. And and if if you can sell them to people, even better. Because you've <laughs> just proven concept.
0: Absolutely. And there's a Reed Hoffman quote that I've always resonated with. I- can't share it enough, if you're not embarrassed, Fire Nation, by the shipment of your first product, service, whatever it might be, you waited way too long. Quote, Reid Hoffman, founder of LinkedIn, (laughs) you waited way too long. So it's okay, be embarrassed, get it out there, you know, make yourself vulnerable, that's part of what it is, you'll be shocked and excited, and at the same time, yes, you'll have some setbacks, but those setbacks are going to allow you to iterate, to pivot, to improve. Get it out there. And David, we're going to enter the fire round. This is where you take about 30 seconds just to answer a couple quick questions. The first one being, what's your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur?
1: Definitely my biggest weakness is selling stuff and self-promotion. I would give anything away for free. I kind of love (laughs) helping people and I need a team of people around me or my friends to say, "Oi, you need to commercialize that. Like that's valuable stuff you need to sell it. So the asking for money has, has been a big problem for me. But I think it's a bit of an Irish thing. We don't like self-promotion in any way. And if you do it in Ireland, people will chase you around and make you stop doing it for the, mo- <laughs> for the most part. So yeah, that's been my biggest weakness, and it's been a very tough transition to make.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. They have something in Australia called the tall poppy syndrome, where if you're a poppy, which is like a flower, I think, and, and you grow higher than the other poppies, they chop it off right at the head. So you, they chop you back down to size, so to say, Exactly. And
1: the same with lobsters climbing out of a boiling pot. The joke in, in where I was from, does, they, they can get out, no problem. The only thing that stops them getting out of the boiling water is the other <laughs> lobsters pulling them back in again.
0: Which is why it's so critical, Fire Nation. Find those other lobsters that are pulling you down and get them out of your lives. Find those people that are chopping off your poppy when it grows a little higher <laughs> And get them out of your life and surround yourselves by the other tall poppies or by the other lobsters that are going to give you a helping claw.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've really brought this strangely profound today. (laughs) We're like, we didn't think we were going to be talking about lobsters and poppies, but now we are and Uh, it's, it's not too bad.
0: I love it. So what's your biggest strength as an entrepreneur?
1: I think my biggest strength is getting things done and getting stuff done and the execution of that. So my background was operations for five years. So once I go over the hump of actually, all right, I need to share my stuff, getting it done and getting the sequences need to get things in place operationally, that came pretty easy mm, for that's me. That's
0: critical. So Dave, you have a lot of really exciting things going on, but if you could just drill it down to one for Fire Nation, what is that one thing that has you most fired up today?
1: The thing that has me most fired up is the chance to help performers and comedians continue their passion and make a living instead of dropping out. So a lot of comedians, they don't earn a lot in the U.S. So they put three or four or five years into their passion and they don't really have a way of commercializing it. But over that period they have developed the skills to really be a good copywriter. And a lot of businesses need that skill and don't have access to it. So bridging that gap and allowing these guys to keep pursuing their passion while doing something they love is what I'm most excited about working on at the moment.
0: Love that. Love that. So, David, we are about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Are you looking to grow your team, but you're not sure where to find the best candidates? I speak from personal experience when I say that your company is only as good as the people you hire. This is an important step. I also know that posting your job in one place doesn't cut it when it comes to finding quality candidates, but with little time to spare, it's tough to post everywhere. Good news. Thanks to Zerpacuter.com slash fire, I can post to 100 plus job sites with one single click and be instantly matched to candidates from over four million resumes. Just post once, and within 24 hours, you'll be watching your candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses, and you can try it right now for free. Getting the right people for your company is so important, and ZipRecruiter can help. Try ZipRecruiter for free today. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Again, ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. When you're looking to grow your business, you need a cost-effective way to reach a wider audience, build your brand, and generate more leads. What better way to accomplish all these things at once than through a live event? But what seems to hold a lot of people back besides fear is technology, but I can assure you that tech should not be a barrier between you and your first webinar. In fact, you can get started right now with GoToWebinar from Citrix. GoToWebinar lets you connect with your audience anywhere. You can host professional, branded, and cost-effective online events anytime you want. Plus, it's Super easy. All you have to do is schedule your event and send invites to your audience. Afterward, you can also see the impact of each webinar with reports on registration, attendance, and performance. Get started with GoToWebinar today and broadcast with confidence. Visit GoToWebinar.com to start your free 30 day trial. That's GoToWebinar.com. David, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I am. Let's do it. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Uh, It's a tough one. I I would say, you know, over education. So at at 16, I was like, we have a uh, magazine in Ireland, it was a free ads newspaper. At the age 16, I was blacklisted as a professional car dealer. And in Ireland, Ireland, they don't even let you drive until 17. So I was doing pretty well. So I, I was like a little entrepreneurial machine. And all of a sudden, I went to university, six years of university and business school education later. I had no entrepreneurial ventures and I was very focused on getting a job and you get too comfortable. And, and before you know it, I had a job rather than a passion. So it took me a long time to get back to being comfortable being uncomfortable, which was like mm-hmm. who I was at 16. So yeah, I would say over education was the thing that, that taught me to overanalyze things rather than just following my gut instinct and doing them.
0: What's the best advice you've ever received?
1: Best advice would be to work on solving a problem that you actually have. And if you can solve it for yourself, chances are you can solve it for others as well and probably commercialize it. Mm. So just build something, get out there and and try and fix a real problem.
0: Yeah. And again, even if you're embarrassed by what that first solution looks like, get it out there because that won't be the last solution. Iterate, pivot, improve. Exactly. And that
1: that advice came to me from a guy who walked away from $10 million at the age of 19 to pursue his passion on another idea. So Purgadu was pretty good.
0: Wow. What's a personal habit that you believe contributes to your success?
1: I was going to be stereotypical Irish and say drinking uh, an occasional beer, which is obviously (laughs) occasional. Don't want us to come to stereotypes. No, but to be honest, I'd say keep keeping fit. Uh, And I think any good idea I've ever had has never come sitting at a desk. It always comes when you're out running or out doing something where your subconscious is doing the work work rather than you sitting there consciously staring at a computer screen trying to generate ideas. And I think it's something that, you know, if presidents around the world like, you know, your president Obama can make time for exercise or, or great business leaders like Richard Branson, then you should be able to too. And I think it really keeps, it helps keep your mind fresh.
0: Priority, it has to be a priority. And do you have an internet resource like Evernote that you can share with our listeners?
1: Uh, I love Tofer, which is spelled T-O-O-F-O-R, which it basically allows you to guess people's email if you enter first name, last name, and their likely work domain name. It will basically link all their social networks that they register to that and verify Ooh. whether it's correct or not. And that tool will allow you to do that en masse. But for me, it's been so good because it allowed me to reach out cold to people that I admired but had never met. And it seemed like somebody might have given them their, somebody might have given me their email. So they, right. they were much more likely to respond. And then I think I, I combine that a lot with using gifies, which is short, funny videos and no words whatsoever, just as a sequential follow up. <laughs> and like we have a cookie monster sitting there looking impatient and we have somebody looking disappointed and, and Gandalf looking frustrated waiting. <laughs> And the response rate to those is huge, and it's essentially a cold email. But if you just keep following up with little bits of happiness, you know your email inbox these days is not much of a place for happiness. So those those gifts are really good at doing it. On our blog, actually, we have a list of ten of my favorite ones, and uh, that your listeners can go check out as well. I'm sure we'll put those in the show notes. But, yeah, well, uh, what's the link right now? Uh, the link it's funnybiz.co f u n n y b i z z dot co. And we have their, our 12 favorite gifies there. But I mean, I've used them to, I run a conference series and when I'm trying to get new speakers that maybe will not know me in any way, I, I find those massively effective. I mm. mean, pe- people who never reply to emails or get swamped by emails suddenly see this little bit of happiness in their inbox and it, it tends to, to generate a response. So I found that very <laughs> effective. I love it.
0: If you could recommend one book for our listeners to join Do You Talk Funny on our show notes page, what would it be and Why?
1: Uh, My favorite book is called The Man Who Tried to Save the World, and it's the story of Fred Cunney written by Scott Anderson. So it's basically a guy who really wanted to be the world expert in humanitarian disaster relief. So if there's a tsunami strikes, who's the guy that you call to sort it all out? And he basically had no qualification to be this guy, but went around and convinced everybody that he was this guy. And so much so to a level that George Soros, the famous financier, actually just gave this guy a blank check and went, go fix Chechnya. And the book details what happened with him. But the entrepreneurial lesson from it that I take is, you know, if you believe in your ability to be able to execute something good, tell people and go prove it. And others will start to believe as well.
0: Act as if. I love that. In Fire Nation, I know that you love audio, so I've teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. David, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth. But you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I don't want to say
1: I've been influenced by the content of your great show at all here and your <laughs> success, but I'm pretty sure I would first buy a Logitech headset. For $28, which is a pretty good value one. Yeah. I'd go on 99designs and get a really cool logo for a new company. I think I'd call it something cool like Fire Republic. (laughs) You might see a similarity to Fire Nation, but for me it's similar to Career Republic, the company I never quite started. Right. Uh, And then I think I'd get to work on creating and releasing a podcast episode with interesting folks, many of them Irish, and to go out daily. Uh, And I might even look at doing this early, just in case you ever decide to expand there. (laughs) (laughs) So you're you're being way too productive. I might invest some of the rest of the money in getting you a medical marijuana card so we can calm you down a bit so I can dominate the world of podcasting (laughs) on this new place.
0: That would be the ingredients in the recipe for world domination. And David, let's end today on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you then we'll say goodbye.
1: I think the best part piece of, of guidance I can offer is just get out there. Just try it. Just build something and try and solve a problem for yourself. And if you can solve it for yourself, you can solve it for others. And if there's value in that, then people will pay you for it. Um, I've certainly found that to be the case. So I hope it works for your listeners. And I'm um, best fan, We have our blog, as mentioned, at funnybiz.co. And the book I have is Do You Talk Funny, which details the year's experiments. I'm on Twitter at FunnyBizSF. And I have my own blog, which focuses on uh, using comedy habits for public speaking. And that can be found at 7, the number 7, ComedyHabits.com.
0: Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with D- and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Type David in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up. And David, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, my friends, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Fire Nation, we're freelancers, entrepreneurs, and self-employed. If you make your money in lump sums or seasonally, like most independents, you'll hit a snag when trying to get a mortgage. Why? Big banks see your uneven income as a risk. Well, there's a new lender in town called Privio, and they've built a business to help you. Privio likes your entrepreneurial streak and gets the way that you make money. Apply online at privio.com slash podcast. You'll have a decision in hours. That's privio.com slash podcast fire nation thank you for joining us on entrepreneur on fire visit eofire.com for links to everything we chatted about today as well as killer resources gifts and so much more ready to rock your own webinar text webinar course to 33444 that's webinar course all one word no spaces to 33444 and you'll be rocking our free 10-day webinar course like a champ have an inspired day and ignite